Hello, I'm Dawn Jarvis, nutritionist and dietitian at Garden of Life. Welcome to our podcast series, Digging Deeper. In this series, I will be discussing the latest nutritional topics, and we'll also be talking to leading scientists and industry experts to bring you the very latest up-to-date scientific information, as well as provide you with some very practical nutrition tips and information. So we hope you find our podcast both enjoyable and also helpful. Thank you for joining us. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to Dig and Deeper. This is Dawn Jarvis and today I'm with Ryan Cornett. Hi Ryan. Hi Dawn, it's nice to be able to connect with you remotely. Yes, definitely. Working remotely is fun and um, we have the technology, so that's wonderful. Today, everybody, we're going to be talking about stress. We felt that was a very relevant topic in the current situation that we're finding ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely, Don. So you and I were talking a little bit about sources of stress. You know, I think that we sometimes put stress in a box to think that it only comes from you know, maybe like a demanding job or a, a argument, but there's other sources of stress that we often don't look at. So let's uh, let's talk about some of the causes of stress. On what are some of the most common causes of stress that you see just on a personal level? Well, it's interesting, Ryan, because stress is actually a perception. It's a perception of something, and it can be real or it can be imagined, and it's how the body perceives that information and how it affects you physically and mentally. So when we think about that, you know, there are things which are very real and then other things which you worry about and you make them stressful. So um, when we talk about real factors, I'm thinking things like people's work, maybe their financial situation, maybe people right now are losing their jobs. That's obviously going to be a considerable stress. But then there's the very practical things like, you know, physical stresses. It can be people doing physical work, all these people loading grocery shelves and working 14 hour days in hospitals, things like that. So there can be a lot of physical stress on the body. I love what you said there. You said that stress is often created from our perception. So I think that's something we often don't address is that stress can be solely caused based on our response to a situation. So that's where I think things like mindfulness and meditation can really help because they kind of help shift us away from irritability and more towards being in that that grateful mindset. So something that's been really helpful for me is just it's just simplifying, you know, sometimes turning off the news or you know, turning off my phone for a minute and just kind of sitting down, taking a deep breath and reading a book is has that been uh, resonating with you at all recently? Yes, I think that's that's very relevant. But I think for those of us who are very blessed to be working remotely and working in a safe environment, most of our stress is probably emotional stress because it's it's getting our brains racing and our hearts are going faster. And we're stressed by it. Obviously, we're saddened to hear what's going on. So I think you're right that we need to minimize the amount of technology we're using. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Don, you are a registered dietitian with an uh, amazing background in the field. So let's talk about foods. What are what are some ways that we can use foods to support us through stressful times? Well, you know, what we eat obviously affects our body and also affects our immune health. So, you know, we know when we're stressed, our bodies produce stress hormone. And we'll talk about the different types of stress in a moment. But essentially, your stress hormone is cortisol. And it's interesting because sugar itself 
increases cortisol. So when we're stressed, our temptation is often to go to cookies or to soothe ourselves with one of our favorite treats. But by consuming that sugar, we're actually doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice because sugar raises our cortisol. So I'm trying to encourage people not to use uh, sugary foods as treats to actually look at rewarding themselves in other ways, maybe with some fruit or something that, you know, that's lower in sugar than candies and chocolate and cookies. So that is important, reducing the sugars in our diet, because that promotes inflammation in the body and makes things worse. And it, it's not good for our immune systems. Absolutely. So that reminds me of what you and I generally recommend across the board as just an anti-inflammatory diet, you know, staying away from the processed foods, from the high glycemic foods, from the processed sugars. And it seems like that is a great approach kind of just across the board. So that's wonderful. You, you said something, Dawn, about the different types of stress. Could you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? I'm curious about that. Yes, there are basically two types of stress. There's acute stress and chronic stress. So for example, hunter-gatherers would be under acute stress if they were being chased by a lion. Obviously, in the modern world, it would be, you know, we're driving on the freeway and somebody swerves in front of us and automatically we have to swerve the car or react to the situation. So in that situation, that's acute stress, which happens in the moment. And then you straighten up the steering wheel or you jump up a tree and get away from the lion and then you're safe and then your body goes back to normal on its own and it's over, you know, fairly quickly, hopefully. Whereas when you have chronic stress, your body is under stress all the time. And that's often associated with long-term chronic health conditions. And so the body is constantly stressed. And that's a really unhealthy scenario because prolonged stress is going to have impact on our long-term health and is going to essentially make those chronic conditions worse. So we need to minimize our stress and manage our stress. And that's why we're having this conversation to help people find the, the best tips to minimize their stress. Well, again, one of the things that's really helped me is, you know, when I'm in a, a period of working on a project or really trying to focus on one task at a time, I'll just put my phone on silent or put it on vibrate and kind of set it a little ways away from me. That way I, I'm not being distracted and I'm not being, um, overstimulated by multiple different sources. I think that's a great tip. And, and I, I was uh, listening to um, another podcast on stress and the presenter said that his wife gave him a gift and long story short, it was an empty box and he was trying to figure out what this was. And the reason she gave him this empty box as a gift, it was for him to put his phone in it so that when he came home from work, he put his phone in the box and he paid attention to her and, and didn't multitask with his phone all evening or all weekend. So I think we all need to have a little box or maybe a drawer, a locker or something just to put our phones away. And I know Dr. Paul Mudder talks about that a lot in his new book, Brainwash, and he's definitely recommending that we, we you know detox from a lot of the technology we use. And I think it's very shocking when you look at the amounts of Time that people spend on their phones. And I know you and I have had this conversation and I'm probably guilty of it. So that's something <laughs> that I need to work on. I think we all are. Yeah. And we've, we've used that term digital detox, which is, you know, it's just a period of time where you kind of step away from technology and, you know, just, just relax a little bit. Exactly. And then the other thing I think too, is doing things like yoga. I know you're into yoga as well, but I think that's, that's very calming and relaxing. And we want people to be moving around as well. I think when people are stuck indoors, they get cabin fever, if you will. So I think it is important to, whether uh, if you're working at home, whether it's a lunch break or an afternoon break, 
go and, and enjoy some fresh air, you know, obviously with social distancing. I see a lot of people near where I live out on bicycles, which is wonderful to see families out cycling around. Definitely some, some movement is very good for minimizing our stress. I know sometimes if I've had a busy day and my mind is racing on all the different things, it's great to go for a nice walk in the evening and be stressed that way. Yeah, Don, we, we talked about uh, exercise. And one of the things that's been really helpful for me is inside my apartment, I will actually set up different spaces for different activities. And what that does is it it helps me make the energetic shift when I go to that area that, hey, this is the space where I work out. This is the space where I work this is a space where I relax. No, I think that that's very sound advice, Ryan, because we've been saying for a long time when it comes to sleep, it's important just to keep the bedroom for sleeping and not to have one's laptop on the bed and not to be watching TV in bed. Um, you need to quiet your brain down an hour or two before you go to bed. So I know a lot of people like to, whether it's take a shower or a bath and just maybe use some essential oils and just kind of chill, maybe listen to some music. That might be time to do a little bit of stretching or something just to calm the mind down because we all have these monkey brains that are on the go thinking about what we haven't done, making our to-do list. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I do think we need to keep the area separate, whether it's separate rooms or separate areas. I think that that's good advice you just shared. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Last night, I actually wanted to unplug a little bit. So I did a Epsom salt bath. And I added some of uh, Garden of Life's organic essential oils, a couple drops of lavender and frankincense, and just uh, actually lit a candle and played some uh, some soothing music as well. So that was that was really really helpful. I'd highly recommend that for helping combat stress as well. Absolutely, definitely a great idea. Something you mentioned, which is such a powerful tool that you said you use, is journaling. And like you said, you like to make a note at the end of the night to kind of put down the things that are still on your mind. And that's such a wonderful way to kind of turn the mind off or kind of decompress at the end of the day is just to have a simple notebook where you can, you know, write down the things that are on your mind. That way you're not taking them to bed. Some people write down their thoughts in a journal, and, and sometimes that's a good way of releasing emotions. If you've been angry with somebody, you might want to write down how you were feeling and how you plan to forgive them the next day or you know what you're going to do to work through it. There's things that can be done there as well to deal with emotions when it comes to journaling as well. And that makes me think of mindfulness and meditation, which are just great, simple activities where you kind of sit down, you unplug. You take some deep breaths through the nose, out through the mouth, and that really allows me to transition from my busy day into a nice, easy, relaxing, good night's sleep. So I highly recommend uh, some type of mindfulness or meditation practice and keep it simple. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to be twisted up in a pretzel. It can be as simple as just taking deep breaths and, and just, you know, giving yourself a little period of time to let it go. Don, I think we've given some some wonderful uh, takeaways here. Is there anything else that comes to mind as far as just managing, mitigating, and addressing things that are causing stress? Yeah, I think there's one other thing that we haven't talked about. I mentioned it a little bit when I was talking about sugar, and that's you need to have some pleasure and you need to do something fun. So every day, I think you should do something that you really find enjoyable. I think it's important to make time to do something fun and enjoyable, whether it's playing a board game with the kids, 
for those of us who live alone, it might be watching our favorite comedian to make us laugh, to make it fun. Mm -hmm. There's different strategies of what is fun for you might be different for somebody else. And you might want to do different things each day. As you say, yours might be going out into nature and climbing a tree. You know, that's fine. Do something that makes you feel energized and happy and inside. So we all need some pleasure every day. That's for sure. Wow. What a great way to wrap it up, Don. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, we covered some great things. Really, I think the takeaways are a high quality anti-inflammatory diet, some type of uh, exercise, making sure that we spend time to decompress and unplug for a little bit, spending a little bit of time outside in nature if we have access to that, making sure that we're continuing to exercise and finding something fun to do every single day of our lives. I think those are all wonderful suggestions, Don. Thank you, Rhino. I think you summed that up very well. And I think the other thing is, is this a real stress? I mean, there are certain things, as I said, that are real, like our, our employment, but other things, are they perceived? If they're in my mind, how, how do I manage them? And I think just being mindful of whether it's a real stress or an imagined, and I think that will help you to deal with 50% of the stress that's going on. So thank you for chatting with me today, Ryan, as always. I appreciate your wisdom as well. So um, tune in again. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hope you found this information helpful. This is Dawn Jarvis wishing you extraordinary health. Goodbye until next time.